Lord, we just come before you, and uh, God, we're thankful just for all the amazing blessings that you pour out on us, and for the grace and mercy that you meet us with every day. Um, we pray that you know this little section of time that we give to you uh, for meaningful discussion would be uplifting and encouraging, uh, and that, Lord, that you would just be with us through this process, and that we would just continue to honor and glorify you with everything we do. So it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, it is my pleasure to welcome you to the very first episode of Hallway Theology. Uh, We're super excited to finally be getting this project off the ground. We've been going back and forth about it for a while. uh, And after a few uh, mishaps, failed attempts, and everything else, we're finally getting this off the ground and running. Yeah, it's, it's really cool to see this. Yeah, it it really is. I mean, you, I mean, me and you know better than anybody that this has been kind of hard, honestly, to get moving. It has. It's been. It it has been hard. I think just because there's been a lot of people who, um, you know, have ideas for this podcast, and they they've reached it out, and you know, I think in the end, it's the Holy Spirit's going to move either way, and so, um. It's I believe this podcast is definitely going to touch the hearts of people and, and the Lord's going to work through it either way. Yeah, I agree. It just is you're taking a step of faith and being faithful in it. Yeah, you for know, sure. I don't know. And so you listening, kind of wondering, well, what is hallway theology? What, is, what even is that? This podcast kind of, as the name suggests, is about discussing different topics not just theology necessarily but discussing all manner of topics in the world that we live in today from a christian pov from a christian point of view um the whole purpose of this is basically to show that as christians we can have an opinion about things without being judgmental for one but also we can point others back to Christ through it and hopefully encourage and uplift the body of Christ as well in the midst of that. Amen. You know, and so about every week or so, uh, we're going to try to discuss different topics and virtually nothing is off the table here. Um, We can talk about any kind of political issues. We can talk about social media. We can talk about, you know, Christian-based things. We could talk about other religions, you know, if we wanted to. It's all about trying to reach people who are in all sorts of different circles. Yeah. Trying to bridge that gap. Because instead of being the oh-so-holy-and-mighty Christian sitting here in my ivory tower, I want to come down from that tower, and I want to walk a mile in someone someone else's shoes and get it. You know, and so the purpose of this is not to sound all preachy and to sound all cool or whatever. It's actually just to show the fact that there are Christians out there in the world who genuinely just want to help other people out and who understand that things are hard, things are difficult, and everyone goes through different problems. You know, that's just the truth of life. Yeah. And, and so. Today's conversation is going to be one that is actually pretty, this, this one will be a little more Christian, you know, in the sense being that it's focused on a very Christian-like topic. And it's because 
today we're going to be talking about salvation. And so that word salvation is a big, big word. And a lot of people go, well, what does that mean? You know, in a layman's terms, for those of you who really don't get what salvation means, salvation is the essence of being saved from something. You know, when you look at it from a Christian perspective, when we talk about salvation, Christians are typically referring to being saved from their sins, which requires a lot of background knowledge. But to sum this up is basically how you tell the gospel. And so to put it into a nutshell for you guys, and for those of you who may not get it, just because you may or may not be Christian or because you're listening to this and you want to understand the mindset that we're entering in with for this topic, salvation is this in, in the Christian world, is that humanity is inherently sinful. You know, we are born with a sin nature because of the fact that at the beginning of creation, Adam and Eve, the very first two people on earth, created by God to live in communion with God, in community and in a loving relationship with God, rebelled, and they sinned against him. And that is when sin entered into the world. When this happened, it created a separation between God and man, because God is a perfect being, and sin cannot be in his presence, because he is perfect. And so, as time went on, mankind became more and more sinful and more and more corrupt and debaucherous and all sorts of things that we see on the news today. You know, take a look down just about any news outlet and you'll hear about robberies. You'll hear about, you know, shootings. You'll hear about people doing all sorts of things that are corrupt and evil and nobody disagrees on it, that they're wrong because they are. Yeah, it's crazy that you were talking about, you know, how crime has has gone up. And yeah, it, I totally agree. If you take a look at the news outlets, you, you will definitely see there's a lot of crime going on in, in, in the United States and in the world. And um, it, it's a result of, of sin, for sure. It absolutely is. And so the whole idea behind that, when it comes down to the finer points of this, is explaining the fact that Without God, mankind is forlorn. There is nothing for us. We were created for God's good pleasure. He made us so we could love him in return. We were and created I think, for his love. I think that's something that definitely does give us a lot of hope. Uh, you take a, lot, a look at a lot of other religions and, and you ask them, you know, okay, why do you believe this? And they just... You know, they just believe that they're just, a, a, you know, when they die, they die and they're just a tree. And, and you know, that's that's what they'll tell you is, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just believe it just because. And um, I think it's really sad to take a look at that. And and for us, you know, with, with you know, Christianity and stuff like that, that, that's something that gives us hope. Yeah, it does. And to basically summarize... <laughs> what would be basically an altar call is you're sinful and you need a savior. And we see this throughout all sorts of different religions, you know, and there are other religions that don't talk about the fact that humans are sinful you know, or that humans are evil. And, you know, that's not to say that people can't still do good things. So 
for those of you who are listening, please don't get confused. I am not saying that, you know, every person out there is a murderer. What I am saying is that everyone is sinful and everyone is capable of capable of either great good or great evil. And that is the truth of life. That is the truth. And that is what we see in the word of God, you know, and we're told in Romans that there's none righteous, not even one. There's no one on earth who has not sinned against God because we are sinful. We make selfish decisions. We do things that benefit us and we look out for number one, you know, and when it comes down to it, we could never save ourselves and not one bit, not at all. And this is where Christianity starts to differentiate from other religions because Christianity tells you the truth, which is, yes, you are sinful. Yes, you have sinned against God, but it doesn't tell you how you can fix yourself, you know, or how you better yourself so that way God will accept you. You know, because the truth of the matter is, is that there are some religions out there who say, oh, yeah, you got to kind of polish your halo a little bit before you come to God with your problems. You know, that way God will actually love you when you get there because you'll look all nice and clean. Mm. But that's not the case. It's a lie. The truth of the matter is, is that we were created by God and he loves us regardless of the fact that we love him. And that may sound crazy to some people who are listening and aren't Christians and go, wait, what? How can God love me even if I don't love him? Well, it's because he made you. Yeah, it's kind of like your parents. Your parents love you because they're your parents. You know, they're responsible for you. They made you in that essence. And they love you because you're their child. And it's the same regard with God. You know, that is that is how he loves us. He, they, he's called the Heavenly Father throughout Scripture. They call him the Father. You know, Matthew 6, you know, it's repeated over and over again how God cares for humanity and how, like, in, like, again, in Matthew 6, Jesus goes on and on about how the, you know, that the Father loves humanity and that he cares for them and that he supplies their needs. He takes care of them. He watches out for them. He literally has the entire earth in his hands and he knows what he's talking about. And Jesus says, if your heavenly father knows what's going on with the birds of the air and the lilies of the field, which you are going to be here and gone tomorrow, then how much more do you think he's going to care for you and love you? Yeah. I, I will say too, is, you know, a parent, um, you know, taking American family class, um, at the Bible college is something that, you know, has influenced my life and it's still influencing my life, you know, even though we're not there. And, um, you know, he was talking about how, you know, parents discipline their kids and they always say, Oh, it's going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. And, you know, hearing that I'm, I was always like, that's, 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 that's fake. Yeah, no way. You know, it's, it's going to hurt me more. And, you know, taking that marriage and family class and, and seeing it and taking a look back and seeing, yeah, it actually did hurt my parents more than it's going to hurt, you know, me. And so I think that's one thing. Um, it's a it's a result of love. And so seeing God discipline Adam and Eve, I definitely think it hurt, you know, God more than it hurt Adam and Eve. But, um, you know, God definitely did have a plan for us. And I think that's something that gives us, yeah, 
hope. Yeah. It's crazy to see that amount of love that he has for us. It is crazy. And this is what is so radically different from other religions. Again, because like I've mentioned, there are religions that will say you need to polish your halo and clean up your act before you come to God. That way he'll actually love you and accept you. But if God truly made us and God truly is the reason why we're here, then why would he be so conditional? It makes no sense. And so here's the truth of Christianity. And this is the word of God is that, you know, is what we see on every bumper sticker and what we see in every little leaflet on, you know, outgoing churches where they're doing outreaches is John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believeth in him may not perish but have everlasting life. And then the next verse is equally important because then he says, for the son came not to condemn the world, but to save the world. God loved humanity so much and still does to this day that he, instead of coming down to earth with a closed fist ready to strike, he sent an open hand. Yep. He sent a hand open to reach out to the lost, to reach out to the broken, to reach out to those who don't have anybody, to reach out to those who don't have homes, to reach out to those who have been victims of abuse, to reach out to those who have been victims of crimes that were brutal and awful and horrific. Jesus came to save the lost and we're all the lost. And the truth of the matter is, is that Christianity preaches an entirely different message, not just because of the fact that it says, oh yeah, God loves you even before you love him, but even more so, he proves that love through an act that wipes you of your sins. Because it's no longer a thing of, oh, you need to come and clean up your act before you come to God. Now it's actually come to God with everything. So he will clean up your act. You know, it's not, it's not like God puts a sign in front of his man, you know, his mansion. If we want to draw the old Baptist uh, kind of idea where it's like, oh, in my father's house, there's many mansions. But if we want to draw that old Baptist background real quick, you know, it's not like there's a sign in front of God's mansion saying, please wash your hands. Yeah. Instead, there's a floor mat that says, come right in. Welcome. home," Because. That's the truth. And something really beautiful, I think, that we can look at as well as an example of this is Luke 15. Uh, Luke 15, where it talks about the the parable of the prodigal son. And in that is basically the entire Christian story in one. Because what we see uh, throughout the verses all the way up until verse 20 is that this rebellious son runs off and he squanders his wealth on everything, you know. And it mirrors how humanity runs away from God, how we take what he's given us, you know, our physical abilities, our intellect, uh, even the money that we make, you know, that he blesses us with. You know, we take that and we run with it and we squander it on everything, on every little itch that we have to scratch. But pretty quickly we find out that it leads to nothing and 
we're more bankrupt than we ever were. Yeah. And I think a lot of people too is, you know, they, they try and I'm trying to figure out how I'm, how I can wear this is, you know, it's just like what the man was doing is, you know, he had a lot of money and he went to go towards that. And I think we see a lot of people to this day run towards, you know, they have one goal, one specific goal. And, you know, that goal is usually like, Oh, I'm going to get a lot of money. And, and that doesn't sustain themselves because once they find all that money, then, you know, they're like, okay, what do I do next? Yeah, exactly. It's never enough. None of it is ever enough, you know. It's never enough for sure. You know, and I can look back on my own life and my own testimony and I can say that I firmly thought that there were other things that would fulfill me better than God. And I ran to them and I chose to live in them for a time. And after a while, I found out, man, this just leaves me with nothing. I mean, nothing. There's no substance. There's no... There's no item of worth you know there's nothing at the end of the day that i can say this is enough for me because it never was it just makes me want more and more and more and more and more and that's the truth of sin but the beautiful part comes in in verse 20 where the prodigal son has already chosen to return home because he remembers that at his father's house even his servants ate you know luxuriously and he's sitting there starving in front of a trough with pigs and he's literally starving to death and so he says i'm gonna go home and i'm gonna ask my father to at least take me on as a slave you know not even as his son because he understands the weight of what he did to his dad so he goes back but it says in verse 20 that while he was still far off you know, this is kind of a loose quote. Not all of it's going to be 100% accurate. Uh, just because I've read from a couple different versions. So it all kind of blends together eventually. So the this CJ is the translation. C- I was like, so this is the CJ International translation. Um, but it says, well, he was still far off. His father saw him and ran to meet him. And it tells us that the son does say, Father, I am, you know, I have sinned against heaven and against you. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your child, you know, but the father doesn't let him finish. All he says to his servants is bring him a robe, bring him a ring, bring him shoes for his feet, you know, sandals. You know, my son is home. You know, he said, my son was lost and is now found. You know, and that's the joy of the father when someone comes to Christ. Amen. Because the whole idea of that parable wraps into Christianity so perfectly that it can be described as this. We were the prodigal son. All of humanity and those who have become Christians understand this when I mean this. But we were all the prodigal son at one point. We all chose to run from God at some point, And we all sinned against him at one point. Yep. And eventually we broke because we realized that the world had nothing to offer and it was nothing like God, the father that we knew. And so we came back and we said, father, we're damaged goods. We need you. And he said, no, I'm everything you need. And I love you for exactly who you are. 
all of the gook and all the muck and everything that's on you. You know, that may be on you, but my, but my son, I have washed you clean by the blood of the Christ. And that is Christianity, is that Christ came for us. Jesus, the Son of God, both being fully God and fully man, submitted himself even to the point of death on the cross, as we're told in Philippians, and rose again for us to wash us from our sins and to give us a place of eternal stay. Yeah. I think one thing, um, I think a lot of us think that, or I shouldn't say a lot, I should say a lot of newborn believers believe that once they accept Christ, then life's going to be easy. And, and in reality, you know, it's, it's not going to be easy. And I, I, one where that's been, uh, uh, one where that's been, that has kept on going up. I think that's correct English. <laughs> but one word uh, <laughs> that keeps on coming to mind is bearing your cross, carrying your cross. And, um, uh, you know, I just think of, you know, when the man came to Jesus, was like, okay, have you followed all the commandments on that? And then he goes, drop everything and follow me. Yeah. There we go. Sorry, my phone freaked out or something. But you know, it's okay. No, don't worry um, about it. We'll trim it out in post. You're fine. But yeah, it's just bearing your cross and carrying your cross. And I think that's one thing that you know we are called to do is to carry our cross, our our, you know our burdens and and give it to God. But it just takes a lot of willpower, and sometimes we we can't do that, and that's why we we need Jesus Christ alongside us. Yeah, and. Again, that is something that is so different from Christianity, or that so differentiates Christianity from everybody else. Is that yes, once you are once you are saved, once you do accept Christ, it's not a thing of like, oh, okay, you better do really good and be a really good boy, otherwise God is going to be really mad at you again. It's not that; it's walking in communion with the Spirit of God. Yeah, and because now that we do have the Spirit in us after we've been saved. And it says that once we are saved and we've confessed with our heart and with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, you know, that the spirit of God now dwells in us and that yep. we now have the power to do what we once could not. We now have the choice to either live for God or live for our flesh. Yeah. And that is so vastly different from everything else because now it's not just God, you know, in other religions, it's not just God throwing you off on you know, the street and saying, well, best of luck. Try to do, you know, really good or, you know, whatever. And if you're really bad, I'm going to, you know, condemn you. But that's that's, that's one interesting it. thing. Uh, Islam, I think it comes to mind is, you know, they believe that, you know, once you accept Christ to do as much good as possible, because they believe once you die, you know, the more good you do, the longer you're going to spend in heaven. And the more, you know, the less bad you do, they believe you're going to go to hell and heaven. You have to, they believe that you have to pay up, own up to your, to your sins and you have to, you know, own up to the good stuff that you've done. And so Christianity is not like that at all. It's, you know, it's like what you say, the father, you know, the Holy Spirit gives us that conviction. And as long as we're living in the, in the, in the, in the Lord, in the presence of the Lord, it, it helps. Yeah. And the only way that we can please God is by living in the spirit as well as yeah. In and of ourselves, like, again, this is why it's fundamental to understand this, is that the flesh is sinful. 
Our bodies are sinful. Who we are inherently is sinful. That's just the truth of life. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And one can only honor God in spirit and truth because God in and of himself is truth and spirit. And that is how he's worshipped. And so when it comes down to it, you need the spirit of God in order to do that. And that is what makes this so different, again, from everybody else, you know, in terms of religions. In terms of religions, it makes it different than everybody else because it, it says it's not about you just trying to do your absolute best and hope that God doesn't strike you with a lightning bolt or something like that. It's now, I am now going to do my best because God gave me the very best already. I, I kind of want to run up back back up to, you know, works is the reason why, you know, we were talking about the, this topic, you know, what topic should we do for that first episode? And um, recently, uh, there's a, a, a Messianic uh, a church here in uh, Pagosa where I live. And um, he came over to our church and our pastor gave him the opportunity to speak uh, next week. And so my father came to the rabbi and asked, hey, you know, um, my father talked to you a few years ago and he told me that you believe that, you know, Jesus Christ is not only like you can follow Jesus Christ to accept Jesus Christ into your heart to go to heaven. But we also believe that, but you also believe that, um, that you can follow the Levitical law to enter heaven as well. And my dad's like, is that true? And the rabbi's like, yes, that is true. You know, that's what we believe. And so, um, that's like one of the main reasons why, you know, we brought up, I wanted to talk about this topic is why would you do that? You know, it's, it's, it's something that's so simple. The gospel is something that's so simple. Why not just follow that? And I found kind of over the years, and this is just me saying this, and this is not, this does not correlate with my age. So when I say I found over time, so keep in mind, I'm 21. But I've been saved for a number of years now. I've been saved since I was about 14 because that's when I accepted Christ. But something that I have found over the years is that humanity always will find a way to complicate that which God Mm. has already simplified. Yep. You know, and... Yeah, sorry, you cut out right there, but we're going to... Thanks, because we feel like that's cheap. Uh, But we... I mean, mankind just loves, we just love things that aren't super simple. We love complicated things. We we love complicated things. And so, you know, people who think Christianity is, the gospel is so simple. Just, you know, just follow me. Um, You know, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to me except for the Father. And that's, that's, it's so simple. Yeah. And we we feel like, uh, it should be a little complicated. Yeah, exactly. And I find it really funny that like that people will do that. And honestly, it's sad to see, too, it's just that people are wanting to complicate the gospel and complicate the way to God and put up all these barriers and say, like, yeah, you got to do this and this and this and this and this. And then you're good with God. Right. But that's not the truth. You know, that's just not how it goes. And we're given our answer in the gospels when Jesus is talking with um one of the keepers of the law who asks him, what is the greatest commandment? You know, he says, what is the greatest commandment? I want to know what, like of all of the, 
of the commandments in the law, which you got to keep in mind is that, yes, there were the Ten Commandments. Yes. You know, those were, that was what God established. And then on top of that, as time went on, the Jewish leaders put up, I don't even know how many. I wish I could give you an exact number. They, they, yeah, they, it was hectic. It, it was, it would be a lot better to give you an exact number, but there were dozens upon dozens of other rules that were put around the other rules in that sense to keep you from even coming close to breaking it. In other words, they became very legalistic with things. Very legalistic. And so in an effort to kind of polish their own halos, that's what happened. But Jesus simplifies it in the Gospels and he tells him that, you know, he says, Hero Israel, you know, your God is one and you will love the Lord your God with all your heart, you know, mind, soul, and strength. You know, this is the first and the greatest commandment, but then he doesn't finish. He says, and there's a second just like it, equally important, which is crazy to think about when you look at the scope of how big the first one is. You know, you go, well, what could be as important as loving God? Well, Jesus finishes and he says, and the second is love your neighbor as yourself. He puts loving your neighbor as yourself, loving others on equal footing, you know, just about equal footing with loving God with everything you have. Yeah. Look, like for me, for me, that's amazing how simple that message is, how simple that gospel is, is it's that. And, you know, later in the uh, letters from Paul, yeah, it's, uh, explained and expounded on a little more about how love truly fulfills the requirements of the law because God is love. And when you love your neighbor as yourself and you love God as you love others, you're not going to break the other laws. You know, it doesn't necessarily void them out. What it says, though, is that because Jesus has already become our sacrifice for our sins, we're not slaves to the law. Instead, we can be slaves to righteousness and slaves to the kingdom of yeah. God. And we can serve it by honoring him and by glorifying him with our lives. You know, that is the difference between living for the Levitical, the Levitical law or trying to hold up this big, long list of statutes or, you know, trying to be good enough so that way you get reincarnated into something really, really good instead of really, really bad, you know, or trying to do enough good so that way you know in heaven you get the 72 72 virgins that you know that's promised uh in the quran you know it's not about that what it is is saying you love god and you love people and because you love god and because you love people you're not going to break those other laws you're going to be sinful because you're still sinful you know to be fair to be clear and this needs to be abundantly clear i think is that just because you've accepted Christ does not mean you're going to be the picture-perfect version of him. Yep. That is the truth. No one will ever be the picture-perfect representation of Jesus Christ on this earth. There are a lot of flaws in humanity because humanity is still sinful, even after you accept Christ. However, it means there's grace, there's forgiveness, 
And more importantly, is that you walk alongside Christ every day to be conformed more towards his image. It's not about, it's not necessarily about reaching that end goal of saying, I want to be perfect, which we should strive to be, is that, yeah, I want to be just like Christ. I don't want to sin. I want to love others. I want to honor God. I want to, you know, worship the Father with everything I have. But I have to understand I will fall short. And so eventually you start to see that instead of <laughs> instead of being sinless at the end of the day, you notice that you have sinned less at the end of the day. Amen. You know, and again, that is not saying we don't strive to be sinless, but it's understanding that we will never hit that goal and giving ourselves that grace that Jesus gives us. You know, and so I guess when it comes down to that, it comes down to the same points that we've talked about, which is just, you know, why is Christianity so different? Because God has already said that he loved us before we loved him. Mm. Why should you accept Jesus? Well, because he died for you. And if you understand sin and if you understand what it means to be separated from God, then you understand the weight of what it means that Jesus died for you and paid for those sins. And that all you have to do is confess that he is your savior and that you love him and that you want to be in right standing with God and you want to be saved. And then you choose to live for him. And that's completely, it's a completely different mission than any other religion out there. You know, I, you know, I've looked it up and I've done research on religions, you know, again, with Islam, it's not about living with, you know, it's not about living with God, you know, peacefully or anything like that. You know, Hinduism isn't living, you know, isn't really living with God. It, you go through infinite regressions until eventually your essence becomes one with God. You know, Buddhism, you go through infinite, you go through an infinite number of, you know, or not infinite, but I guess innumerable amount of reincarnations until one, you know, until one day you're, you've ascended beyond it. And you no longer are reincarnated. You're just one with, I believe it's either one with God or one with the universe itself. But that's the difference. Is that it's not about what you have done. It's not about what can you do for God. That is not the story of Christianity. That is not the story of the church. That is not the story of the Bible. It's what has God done for you? Because God did everything for you. And I hope that message is clear to those who are listening is that understand this and please get it. That while we were still sinners, while we were enemies of God, while we were sinful and disgusting and thieving and murderous and adulterous and covetous and everything bad you can imagine about humanity. God loved us and sent his son for us anyway. That is the truth of Christianity. That is the truth that we stand on as Christians. And as hallway theology, this is what we stand on. We stand on the, the complete and total gospel of Jesus Christ. That he was born sin, that he was born sinless, that he lived a sinless life, and that he died for us, though he knew no sin. 
and he rose again for us so that way we can have an eternal stay. And that salvation is not about a list of do's and don'ts so that way you fit into God's category of being a good enough person. It's about living for him because he already died for you. Yeah. And he lives for you still. And now you walk with him. Yeah. And that's, yeah, totally. That's what we're called for. I think too is, you know, once we accept Jesus Christ, then we're like, okay, what's next? You know, and, um, you know, that's where the word of God comes into our lives is, you know, we're called to make fishers of men and we need to study into his word and, and, um, you know, share, share what the Lord has done for us to others. Yeah, absolutely. I think our end goal is, you know, we want the Lord to, when we enter heaven, we want the Lord to come to us and say, good job, you know, uh, um, I, I forget sure. Yeah, exactly. Good yeah. and faithful servant. That's the word. <laughs> yep. Good and faithful servant. Yeah, no, you cut out a little bit. That's why I was like, wait a minute, what'd he say? But no, that is the truth. Is that's what we want to hear. We want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's, I think, honestly, like for those of us who are believers and are hearing this, that, you know, I hope that would be our, your hope is that, you know, one day you stand before God and you're not ashamed of how you know how much you didn't do or how much you did do you know either for or against god you know but rather that you get to hear him say well done my good and faithful servant you know but you know that's even the purpose of this podcast is is that it would touch the lives of those who hear it and that it would touch the hearts of those who hear it and that's my prayer is that, you know, as we go about this, as the leaders of this podcast, that we would bring that message of Christianity into every single topic, that that message of love and redemption that says Jesus is here in this. And as I'm not trying to over-spiritualize everything to say Jesus loves you in the midst of this, you know. That's, that's what the scripture points at, even exactly. in the Old Testament. is It all points to, to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And as a result, our lives ought to do the exact same. And so for those of you who are listening to this, again, my prayer is for all of you that somehow God would use us, you know, <laughs> us flawed vessels to influence your lives and to influence your hearts and that more than anything that god would be the one who changes your hearts and your minds and your lives not me not josh not anybody else i pray that it would just be jesus that touches your heart yep. and that opens your eyes and so you know when we come down to it to, at the end of the day the only question that you need to ask is do i have jesus and if you don't, I pray that you would accept him, that you'd seek him out diligently, and that you would want to find him. Because I can tell you this from my own story, is that I searched the world for anything that could scratch any itch that I had. But it came up empty. It came up worthless and left me broken and left me with nothing. And... 
Jesus was right there the whole time. And he brought me back. And he gave me a hope beyond anything I could have ever imagined. He gave me a love more than I could fathom. And he gave me a life that I praise and worship him with because he's worthy of it. And so, you know, as we kind of close this out here, you know, again, uh, you know, I am super thankful that you guys have been listening, you know, and we'll be back on Saturdays to try to record more episodes and to keep coming with new topics and to keep uh, bringing new things to light and hopefully just continue to spread. But again, just to summarize guys, we'll be here on Saturdays to talk about any topic under the sun. Uh, Again, we pray that this touches your guys' heart. If you guys end up having any sort of suggestions, we're new to this, so (laughs) be gracious. Um, But if you have any suggestions for topics or anything, I'm not sure if you can leave comments on this kind of stuff. I've never tried this out, but... I believe you can. I've never turned on comments, but yes, you can turn on comments. That might be something cool, too, is, um, you know, maybe we'll do a QA and a or something like that. Yeah, and uh, just so that way those who are in attendance listening um we are students from calvary chapel bible college you know some of our theology and such might line up with calvary chapel though we try our best to just be more of a neutral party just saying we're just christians you know we have our backgrounds and where we're from and such but at the end of the day we're christians yeah you know and so we'll try to make sure that we get a good mix of topics and so that way you guys aren't you know, only being bombarded with only theology and getting overwhelmed by that and not getting overwhelmed by me talking about the media or about politics, because we all know how much we love to talk about politics, right? Yeah, that's that's me right there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, anyway, anyway, guys, let us go ahead and pray over you guys and we'll go ahead and close it out there. Thank you guys so much for watching. But Father, we come before you and we're thankful for the time that you've given us. And we are thankful that we could come before you and just discuss the beauty of your word, uh, the beauty of your gospel and how you've changed our lives and how you're still changing them today, God. Uh, We're thankful just for how amazing your love is for us and how your truth has stood fast throughout the ages and how you have never failed us how you have always been there how you've always loved us and god even though we try to run away you have a way of bringing us back to you with that love that is beyond anything we could ever imagine so father we thank you and we ask that we would just live lives according to your grace and your mercy and that we would walk in accordance with your spirit for that so for those of Uh, For the people who have been listening at home or wherever they're at, God, I just ask for a blessing over them. And I ask that your spirit would be upon them. Uh, If they don't know you, I pray that you would reach them uh, and that your word would just resonate throughout their hearts and that they would come to faith. And for those who are listening and do believe in you, Lord, I ask that they would be bolstered by you and that their faith would grow uh, in accordance with you. And that, Lord willing, you would allow this project to continue to continue to reach hearts and minds and lives across the world. And Father, we thank you for everything you've done. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.